The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listeners. Welcome back. I'm Nadra Glover Tawab, and you need to hear this. Usually I would put this at the end of the episode, but I want to start here. If you have a situation with postpartum or parenting challenges, I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're having any work issues, any challenging issues with a boss, like if Michael Scott from the office is your boss, like this self-centered person, I would love to hear about that. If you have any challenges around overworking, I would love to hear about that as well. I'm trying to pull in some some topics we may not have discussed yet. So if you have some fresh topics, please send them our way. You can send those messages to you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. This week, we'll be talking about fairness in families, and it is a letter about in-law relationships. You know, in families, we often hear about, well, this person got to do that, or this isn't the expectation for them. Why is it the expectation for me? And guess what? In all relationships, what we really seek is fairness, right? Like, you know, whether it's with our partners, we're like, you know, if I took the garbage out, you should take the recycling out. Or if I did the dishes, you should cook the meal. Like we're seeking this like equality in our relationships because it just makes things feel balanced. And when the expectations are high for us and there are none for others or when they're low, it creates you know, maybe like this inner turmoil. I don't want to say it creates chaos in a relationship, but it, it makes us feel like I'm not being seen. I am a whole person. I have issues too. Why isn't anyone seeing this? And to make matters worse, when someone is telling you to be the bigger person with someone who is unkind, who is mean, who is selfish, who is not fair. It really challenges our ideas about these relationships, right? Like, I certainly can think of times where, 
you know, people have come to me in my life. And it's like, you know, you should just talk to that person. And it's almost like this this other person who actually committed the offense. They don't have the capacity to apologize or to accept accountability. And maybe because I'm a therapist or people think I have some, you know, high level of like tolerance. It's like, you should just call them and reach out to them. Reach out to the person who harmed me. (laughs) That's like, look, I'm a therapist. I'm not a nun. (laughs) Okay. Like I have feelings too. (laughs) You know, I am... I am not a Buddhist monk. I am not. I don't have this level of peace that you may think. I am still hurt. I am still harmed. And I'm not saying that those people do, but I'm just saying when I think of those people, I think of, you know, like the epitome of forgiveness. I'm not that. (laughs) I'm not there yet. I'm like, I'm still reeling from this thing. And I think many of us are. I will say, you know, I have learned to extend compassion to people, right? That doesn't always mean that I'll go back and I'll be the bigger person, but it's like, huh, it must be really tough to even be the sort of person who can't acknowledge that you did something wrong. Like just acknowledging something would just tear you to pieces, just ruin your whole life to say, oh, I did this thing. I can have compassion for that because I, I I don't feel that way about things. So I could see how hard it might be to apologize. And I'm willing, in some cases, to acknowledge apology-related behavior. Like when people are nice, but they haven't directly apologized or when they're trying to offer a kind gesture, hey, I cooked the, you know, I cooked the pound cake. It's like, you ain't apologized, but you know I like your pound cake, right? You know, like they're, they're trying to do something. And so sometimes, you know, even if people can't say the words or if they're not willing to make amends in some big way, you know, it could be helpful for our relationships or the ability to be cordial just to accept their small gesture. Let's listen to today's letter. Hi, Nedra. I feel like ultimately I'm having trouble accepting a lack of fairness in relationships. I've been dealing with the situation with my in-laws for many years now. My now husband's sister has been racially insensitive to me in the past, and she has a long history of self-centeredness. When she was told about these things, she chose to ignore them and not apologize at first, which caused a rift between us. She's since apologized, but she's shown no capacity for changing her behavior moving forward, uh, which makes my husband and I uncomfortable having a relationship with her. We've both taken a lot of effort to explain our perspective to her and to engage in dialogue about how our relationship can improve. We've sent her letters over the years. We've had in-person conversations, etc. But we still find we can't trust her because her actions contradict what she says. For example, she says she cares and she understands, but then she won't reach out to continue conversations or we always have to be the one uh, to make efforts in the relationship. You know, as I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, what is the relationship we expect to have with people? Sometimes we could get so caught up in what the title of something is, what we've seen other people be able to do, that we may think, oh, to have a relationship with my sister-in-law, it should look like this. We may need to just have... I see you on a holidays relationship or I, you know, talk to you through, you know, our husbands talking to each other type of relationship. It may not be that 
we are friends or that we have regular contact and communication because it's not possible with the people who are present. On a recent trip to New York, I went to see this play called Appropriate. And the play was about three siblings who had different relationships with their father. And when he died, they discovered some racist material um, in his home. And everyone's interpretation of that was different. You know, like one person was like, oh my gosh, I always knew dad was a racist. The other one is like, what? He could never be racist. He was, you know, a great person. And the other person is like, no, I think, you know, I'm going to go with this other person. So I think with dynamics of racism, trying to convince someone that this is a racist thing or this is not, it comes from their own level of understanding. Even when you are the targeted person culturally, they may feel like, oh, this is appropriate or yes, I said that and this is as far as my apology needs to go. I said, I'm sorry and that's that. You know, they want to determine how you respond to that and it just doesn't work that way. You know, there are some things that culturally, we we deal with in different ways. But that is, you know, based on the individual and how you respond to it is how you respond to it. And, you know, if you feel like there needs to be more action on her part, whether she has apologized or not, there needs to be more action on her part. There is no way for her to determine like, hey, I've done enough when you're like, ah, I don't think you have like this needs to be a lived apology. There needs to be some consistent show that you are learning from this experience. And not everyone has the capacity to do that because, you know, as I saw in that play, it can be really hard to admit that you are a racist or you made a racist comment or it was an inappropriate joke or it was poor taste or it was insensitive. It can be really hard to see ourselves in that way because we may feel like, oh, my gosh, like I'm not a racist person and maybe you're not. But you're certainly racially insensitive, as you said. Right. So it's not that you're a terrible person, but what you said was inappropriate. At this point, it's been several years of little to no contact between us, and it's now affecting our other relationships with my husband's family. His parents are heartbroken and have asked us to repeatedly fix things. When I ask if they talk to his sister in the same way, it doesn't seem like they have the same expectations for her. It's the same with other family members. They're all aware of the situation and agree his sister was wrong and can be difficult and can be selfish, but they still expect us to be the bigger people and make amends. They've made it clear that we don't have to be close with her, but they do care a lot about the family being able to be together. And it seems like they'd be 100% satisfied if we had a surface-level relationship. I don't know what a relationship can look like with someone who won't try, and I'm also resentful of everyone expecting us to make things better, even though I was the one wronged. I feel like giving in to a surface-level relationship would mean I'm feeding into their delusions about us being close. there could be a conversation had where there is clarity around this is not a close relationship. The intention of this is to be able to gather, you know, like, you know, that it sounds like your in-laws know that just, 
you may not be feeding into it being a close relationship if you keep it at the gathering. You know, we're able to get together for this person's birthday. We're able to get together for this holiday. There is no communication between us and between. This is all to, you know, be family, to have kids play with kids and adults see adults. It's not for us to be in this you know, happy circumstance together because we don't have that type of relationship. So just being in someone's presence does not mean that you have a close relationship. It's really the intimacy in the relationship that shows where the closeness is. So if you show up to a family gathering, it doesn't mean that you have the same level of closeness with everyone there. It just means you're at the family gathering. So I do wonder, is it possible for you to just be cordial? Um, in this conversation, I remembered a book that I read called Rebecca Not Becky. It's a novel and it talks about just racial dynamics between, you know, various cultures and these nuances that may happen and people don't even realize that that's offensive or that's some bias that you have. Like these things happen. And if you are predominantly around your culture and you don't have other exposure, you may not even realize some of these things you're doing because it's, you know, it's really normal. It's really normal to be, you know, kind of like in this box of this is how everything is and this is what we can say and this is what we could do and really buy into that. I'm not doing anything wrong or I don't have to change anything when in actuality in the general public, it's not okay. It is not a norm. It is inappropriate. And so, you know, maybe having some idea that because of this family culture or because of, you know, who she is, there may be a lack of understanding. And you don't have to shift that for her. But I do wonder, you know, if you want to be in this family, how do you provide some clarity around, hey, in-laws, I understand that you want us to have, you know, this relationship and maybe it could be surface level. Right. I think about, you know, people we work with and I don't have a super close relationship with everyone that I work with, but some people I do. And that's based on who they are and, you know, the things we have in common and our interests and all of these things. And we can do that. You know, we choose to turn that that sort of switch on, on and off. Like I can be in this sort of relationship with this person. And then in this other way, I choose not to. And so you can have that switch on and off. Now, maybe you say every relationship I have, it needs to be deeply connected. You know, that's not going to be true. There are some surface level relationships that we have. And maybe the agreement is to have a surface level relationship with this in-law. You know, you've highlighted what she's done. It sounds like you've written letters about it. Again, you know, there is time on your side. You're, you're still in the family. So... You know, who knows what this may look like in a few years as she has some, you know, life experience under her belt. This may be a situation you can return to and have an adult mature conversation around or it might be a situation where, you know, it sort of stays in this surface level sort of space. But we'll see. Let's take a break and we'll be back. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the gangster chronicles a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. I'm torn because on one hand, I want to move forward and I want this drama out of my life. We haven't done any holidays in several years with his family in order to avoid his sister and my husband and my wedding, which should have been super happy moment for everyone, um, wasn't because his parents were cold and upset about the situation. Seemingly, though, they are able to have a warm relationship with his sister, even though she's also responsible for this situation. On the other hand, it feels really toxic to engage with this ultimatum that it feels like we're in. I also can't help feeling that if I give in, everyone will have what they want but me. Mm. What do you want in this situation? I, I hear that, you know, she apologized. Are you wanting changed behavior? How will you give her space to reflect that her behavior has changed? Because if you don't have any interaction with her, 
How will you even see the change behavior if that's what you're wanting? Do you want maybe nothing to do with this situation? Has that been stated? I haven't, you know, necessarily heard that that has been stated. But I think there is some clarity needed around what do you actually want in this situation? Now, you know, if you feel like I'm in the middle of a family situation where they're like, you know, we want you to just be in relationship with her. You get to decide what that relationship looks like. It might be like, don't leave me in the kitchen with her, but we're fine together at the table with eight other people. That's that's where we're at. If we're in a kitchen together, I'm just going to get my little water and I'm going to just smooth walk out of here. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be in a space with her. It's your right to do that, but you were at the family gathering. You know, so I wonder in this situation, what could compromise on both sides look like it sounds like this is a situation you do care about it hey you wrote a letter about it you want some advice about it so you do care about this situation so could it be to your benefit to figure out a way to be in it without giving in a way that would be harmful to you or that would cause further harm you know I think you know racial comments are one of those things where they hurt deeply And even after the person apologizes, it does say something about what they think about you overall. So maybe the apology wasn't enough. Maybe it really didn't remedy the situation. Maybe you're not ready to forgive her for this. Maybe you're still processing and that's okay too. You don't have to quickly forgive because everybody else is ready for it. Maybe you still need time. You need to hear this. Forgive people in your own time. I know some of us, we are on everyone else's timeline. You know, you need to do this by Thanksgiving. You need to have this talk. You need to get over it with this person because everyone is, you know, watching this thing unfold. They're uncomfortable. They don't know how to respond. They're trying to manage their feelings. And what they think should happen to help them is that you get over this thing, but you can take your time forgiving people, being upset with them. Those things take time. And there is no one person who could say, okay, now is the time for you to be over it. You'll know when you know. And it might not be today. It may not be at the next gathering. The situations that happens in our family, we need to give them more time. We need to process them. And sometimes we have to ask people, please don't hurry me. I'm still processing. It's okay to say that. Please don't hurry me. You Need to Hear This is an iHeart production hosted by me, Nedra Glover-Tawab. Our executive producer is Joelle Bonique. Our senior producer and editor is Mia Dawn Taylor. Send us a voice memo with your questions about boundaries and relationships at you need to hear this at iHeartMedia.com. Please be sure to rate our show wherever you listen to it and share this episode with someone who needs to hear this. Talk to you next time. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. 
We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steel, is every Thursday a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Let's go. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.